Three, two, one, here we go. Rain Man's Take Podcast. Observations on the world we live in. My take on current events and other topics of interest. Also, interviews with some really cool people. So let's get the conversation going. Everybody, it's the Rain Man. Just want to give a quick shout out to everybody watching. Thank you very much. I know you're going to find this next raindrop thought provoking. I feel very strongly about these subjects, and I know you do too. So go ahead and hit the like button and subscribe. That way, we can continue bringing you great content in the future. So thanks again for being a part of Rain Man's Take, and enjoy this raindrop. Hey everybody, it's the Rain Man coming at you with another raindrop this week. Um, last week, the New York Times reported on the deal that Senators Manchin and Schumer came up with to keep the massive inflation reduction bill moving forward. I have so much to say about this article, I had to come up with this week's raindrop. So um, what was the article about? New York Times, July 28th by David Lenhart. The title is Joe Manchin's climate announcement has the potential to be a very big deal. And the article starts, the world has already warmed dangerous levels. Heat waves, wildfires, droughts, and severe storms have become more common. The Arctic is melting and seas are rising. If countries do not act quickly to slow their emissions of greenhouse gases, and by extension, slow global warming, the damage could be catastrophic, scientists have warned. And that scientists have warned was actually a link to another article that the New York Times had written. Um, before I go into uh, my take on the climate change issue, um, this just came out within the last couple of days. Democrat Party leadership made promises related to an oil pipeline and other energy priorities in order to lock down West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin's vote for the $739 billion spending package with historic funding levels for climate-related programs. And my question is this. Can any of you climate changers out there explain why this isn't basically a net neutral in terms of the effect the bill will have on fighting climate change? I mean, they just gave Manton everything he needed or everything he wanted in terms of pipelines and fossil fuels moving in and out of West Virginia. Before I get back to the article, let me just give you my take on climate change. I believe the climate is changing. It has always been changing and it always will change. Just use as an example, the medieval warming period where there were actual vineyards in England. And that was preceded by a period of extreme cold across much of that part of the world. You will recall that that particular set of data regarding the medieval warming period was not used when the famous hockey stick graph was made public by Al Gore in his Inconvenient Truth documentary. I'm in the camp who thinks that the science is not settled as to how much of climate change is due to modern man's impact on the environment. And thus, I think many of the proposed solutions have more to do with governments and global elites increasing their control over the world's populations than actually saving the planet. I'm all for doing things to help mitigate any negative impacts of human consumption on the earth. 
like recycling, not dumping toxic things into the oceans, etc. I'm a huge fan of groups like Four Ocean, who are actually uh, cleaning up the oceans of plastics and other uh, toxic materials and they're just doing an amazing job highly recommend you check them out uh, online just to see the great work that they're doing and of course i'm all for advances in cleaner oil and gas production currently norway is the cleanest producer of oil and gas and their technology i believe should be exported to other oil and gas producing countries to continue the trend of uh, cleaner fossil fuels one of the reasons i believe the science is not settled is the number of times in the last decade where it's been revealed that data from several studies compiled to show dangerous increases in temperature have been manipulated to meet a certain narrative. And a most, a, one of the most recent examples is from a Breitbart article on uh, 29 July, just last week. A study from the Heartland Institute shows 96% of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's temperature stations fail the NOAA's own uncorruptible placement standards. With a 96% warm bias in the U.S. temperature measurements, it is impossible to use any statistical methods to derive an accurate climate trend for the U.S. Heartland Institute senior fellow Anthony Watts, who directed the study. The article continues, a document dated July 29, 2010, was referenced in the study. And this was the findings of a review from the U.S. Historical Climatology Network, USHCN to determine whether uh, NOAA has taken appropriate steps to ensure quality climate data. That document states, in June 2009, we received a letter from 13 members of Congress expressing concern that the U.S. Historical Climatology Network weather stations do not meet the National Weather Service's siting requirements and therefore produce unreliable data. The letter, the letter also stated that there is a considerable likelihood that the data provided by USHCN is being used by unsuspecting individuals who lack an understanding of the quality of that data. This is just one example of potentially inaccurate, faulty, or downright fraudulent data being used to promote the agenda of the environmentalist movement. But there are many more examples, and I suggest you read the book Climate Gate by Brian Sussman from uh, 2010 for many more examples. And then there's my personal favorite, the firing in 2019 of zoologist Susan Crockford from the University of Victoria, Canada. In an article describing that situation, it says, nobody has done more to sink the claims that climate change is endangering polar bears than zoologist Susan Crockford, and she may have paid for it with her job. After 15 years as an adjunct assistant professor, Ms. Crockford said the University of Victoria rejected her without explanation for her study. She further accused the officials at the Canadian University of bowing to outside pressure. The result of her research showing that polar bear populations are stable and even thriving, not plummeting as a result of shrinking Arctic Sea, defying claims of the climate change movement. So back to this uh, New York Times article, it continues on by saying the US has a uniquely important role in fighting climate change. It has produced far more greenhouse gases over the course of history than any other nation and remains a leading emitter today. In recent years, the US has done considerably less to reduce emissions than Europe. The US also remains the world's most powerful country with the ability to influence climate policy. I have a serious problem with both of those sentences because it's very misleading and the following chart shows that to be the case. Um, from a Forbes article 
titled The World's Top Carbon Dioxide Emitters uh, by Robert Rapier came out in December 4th, 2019. And the data shows that China has become the world's largest emitter of carbon dioxide by far, growing emissions at a breakneck pace, while the US leads the world in cutting carbon emissions. And according to the 2019 BP Statistical Review of World Energy, global annual carbon dioxide emissions have increased by 20% since the Kyoto Protocol. The Asia Pacific region saw carbon dioxide emissions increase by 50% since 2005, while emissions in the United States and the EU have declined. And there's a graph in that article that shows um, that China is by far the uh, largest emitter of CO2 emissions. Um, their CO2 emissions in 2018 in billion metric tons was 9.43. And that was an increase since the Kyoto Protocol of 54.6%. The US is second at 5.15 billion metric tons of CO2 emissions in 2018. However, since the Kyoto Protocol, the US has reduced their emissions by negative 12.1%. And then number three is India, uh, 2.48 uh, CO2 emissions in billion metric tons. And they, uh, they've actually increased their uh, CO2 emissions since the Kyoto Protocol by an astonishing 105.8%. The only European country to make this list of top 10 uh, CO2 emitters was Germany. And in 2018, they had 0.73 billion metric tons of CO2 emissions. That is a decline of 11.7% since the Kyoto, Kyoto Protocols. So as you can see, China and India combined for 11.91 billion metric tons of CO2 emissions, more than double the US at 5.15 billion metric tons. As for the US doing less than Europe in reducing their emissions, as you can see, there's only one European large scale emitter, Germany, and the US is doing more than them right now in reducing their CO2 emissions. And as a matter of fact, the Germans just recently started bringing on one of their coal plants to deal with the current energy crisis. And this is from an art article in Breitbart by Kurt Zindolka uh, from August 3rd. In a demonstration of the failure of Germany's pursuit of so-called green energy and its policy of relying on Russian gas in the meantime, a coal-fired power plant will be reconnected to the nation's electricity grid. While the so-called economic powerhouse of Europe scrambles to secure energy sources before the winter months, the previously shuttered Maurum coal power plant in Lower Saxony will become the first to once again be connected to Germany's grid. And as the article talks about the U.S.'s uh, influence over China and India and other countries. As far as that's concerned, um, I really question how much influence we actually do have in today's environment. Recent events would indicate the opposite as far as our influence over China. And this is an article uh, actually from NPR. They were, they were uh, quoting an Associated Press article entitled, which is China promotes coal in setback for efforts to cut emissions. And this was from April 25th of this year by Mark uh, Shufflebean. And the article states, China is promoting coal fire as the ruling Communist Party tries to revive a sluggish economy, prompting warnings Beijing is setting back efforts to cut climate change and carbon emissions from the biggest global source. 
Official plans call for boosting coal production capacity by 300 million tons in 2022, according to news reports. That is equal to 7% of last year's output, output of 4.1 billion tons, which was an increase of 5.7% over 2020. According to the article, China is one of the biggest investors in wind and solar, but jittery leaders call for more coal-fired power after economic growth plunged last year and shortages caused blackouts and factory shutdowns. The financial investment China has made recently in their coal um, industry is about $480 billion. It's not just NPR. There was a Washington Post article from uh, April of this year as well. That article stated, with the arrival of another Earth Day, nearly half a year after the Conference of the Parties negotiations concluded, Beijing's hopes for a rapid pivot away from coal, the fossil fuel most responsible for global temperature increases, have not materialized, whether at home or abroad. A study released Friday indicates that at least 18 new coal plant projects abroad will probably go ahead despite that pledge. At home, power shortages and fears of energy insecurity worsened by turmoil in international fossil fuel markets from Russia's war on Ukraine have renewed convictions that China's rich coal reserves must remain the country's main energy source in the near term. Does anyone think that A, China cares about the non-binding pledges they have made in the past at these conferences. And B, in the current geopolitical environment, the US has any influence over China's decisions. And I would say no. And I would reference just recently when uh, China, as a result of uh, Pelosi's trip to Taiwan, they actually cut off talks about uh, many things, including um, climate change and how to combat climate change. So right now, uh, the way I look at it is the US's influence over China is basically zero. And currently, China and India are the largest buyers of Russian oil. So again, I don't believe the Biden administration is in any position of influence on either one of those countries. So back to the article. Until yesterday, the Democratic Party seemed as if it were on the verge of squandering a major opportunity to combat climate change. Democrats control both Congress and the presidency, and yet they have been unable to agree on a package of climate policies to accelerate the use of clean energy and reduce emissions. Senator Joe Manchin has been blocking any deal, and the Senate is so closely divided that the Democrats cannot afford to lose a single vote. Yesterday, however, Manchin appeared to change his mind. He announced that he had agreed to include hundreds of billions of dollars for climate and energy programs in a bill that would also reduce prescription drug prices, raise taxes on the affluent, and shrink federal deficit. If Manchin and other Democrats remain united, it would be a very big deal. This has the opportunity to be an enormous breakthrough for climate progress, Sam Ricketts, co-founder of Evergreen Action, an, envi an environmental group, told The Times. Again, like I said earlier, Remember all the fossil fuels concessions that Schumer actually had to give to Manchin to get him to go along with this new bill. As you can see, there's a lot of things that I found frustrating about this particular article. And I remain skeptical of the consensus that man is responsible for the increasing temperatures and climate change. I will continue to recycle and buy cars that have good gas mileage and be a good steward of the earth. What I won't do is believe any of the global elites and their Hollywood influencers when they tell us, the common people, that we need to radically change our lifestyles and to essentially destroy the modern engine that has brought so many millions of people around the world out of poverty. 
that group of individuals has shown their true colors and revealed their glaring hypocrisy to the point of almost being a joke. And I use that as an example, uh, earlier this year for his birthday, our boy Leo DiCaprio um, had a birthday party and this article describes it. People are calling him out to be a hypocrite after he was seen vacationing with friends and girlfriend Camilla Marone in the Caribbean on a 110 million euros Vava 2 super yacht that stretches 315 feet. Vava 2 is the largest yacht to be manufactured in Britain and is estimated to produce 236 kilograms of carbon dioxide per mile. That number is quite huge as it's equivalent to the amount of CO2 an average British car emits in two months. And of course, he, uh, he just recently came out with um, the movie Don't Look Up. And we're not even going to get into uh, all of his private jet flights. And he's obviously not the only celebrity hypocrite in that, uh, in that category either. Or Bill Gates, the largest farmland holder in the US, telling us we need to stop eating real meat and instead eat processed meat alternatives to help save the planet. Two things. One, I wonder how much of his farmland has cattle on it and who is that cattle for? And two, my friend Jim Lindemood of Sunrise Ranch in Wyoming is raising beef cattle in such a way as to actually be regenerating the environment. You should look into the whole regenerative agricultural movement. It's fascinating. And I did a podcast with Jim um, earlier, and uh, it's just a really, really interesting topic. I highly suggest you check it out. Basically, I don't need Bill Gates telling me what I can and can't eat. I also don't need Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum and his Agenda 230 telling me there will be a future where we don't have cars or any other private property, and we're going to be happy about it. Nothing, in my view, they, there has nothing to do with saving the planet and everything to do with controlling the Earth's population. I could go on and on about the hypocrisy, but it just brings me back to my original motivation for doing Rain Man's Take. You need to get yourself educated so it is harder for the powers to be that do not have our best interests in mind to influence us. Okay, uh, those are just my thoughts on that, uh, on that New York Times article about the Manchin-Schumer deal recently. Um, I will close out like I always do if you're in the military, the police departments, fire departments, or first responders, if that's you out there. Thank you very much for your service. Stay safe. This is the Rain Man. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching Rain Man's Take, observations on the world we live in. If you like the content, don't forget to hit the subscribe button below. You can also follow Rain Man's Take on Instagram at Rain Man's Take. Also, check out our website at www.rainmanstakepodcast.com and send your comments to rainmanstake at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for future podcasts, which will be coming out every Thursday at 5 p.m. West Coast time.